We love to make idols and we'll create them out of just about anything. Our tendency to do this stems from the fact that there is some area of our lives that we haven't surrendered control of for one reason or another. So the question to ponder during this episode is, what or who do I love more than God? My name is Sydney LaFleur Murphy and welcome to the Life at Peace podcast. This show is all about tackling the stuff that fuels our everyday demands, doubts, and dysfunction in our perpetual pursuit of peace. Get ready for deep thoughts and challenging topics, all grounded in biblical truth. Enjoy the show. The term idol has been part of our culture forever. We have shows like American Idol that's been on for a thousand seasons. We use terms like, you're my idol, or so-and-so is my idol. And we don't mean any harm when we're saying it usually. It just is used to convey that we really admire someone or we like the qualities they have or they embody some other characteristics that we want for ourselves, right? But when we're a Christian, this word kind of has is loaded with a whole different meaning and we've got to be, be more mindful of that. So I'm going to start off with the passage from Exodus chapter 20 verses 3 through 5. And before we jump into this, the context is that God is speaking the Ten Commandments. He's going through each of them one by one. So it's a little short passage here, but I'm going to read it for y'all. So starting in verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And that last part, showing mercy to thousands, was verse 6. Okay, so I lied. Twenty Chapter 20, verses 3 through 6. Okay, so let's break this down. No other gods before me, that's verse 3. This is its own commandment, okay? And then God goes on to say in verse 4 that we shouldn't make any carved images of anything and bow down and worship them, which is its own commandment. This is separate from verse 3. Now, this struck me, uh, this, this stood out to me because growing up and reading this, this passage, or at least learning about it, hearing it taught, I always thought that verse 3 and 4 were kind of saying the same thing. Uh, I lumped both of them together. No other gods before me. Don't make any carved images. But they're separate, which gave me pause because verse 3 in particular, I believe it's it can include man-made gods like statues, monuments, um, other artifacts that we want to create and, and try to worship. But verse 3, I believe, can go even beyond that and apply to anything that we've elevated to the position of Lord in our life or to the position of God. There are several things that fit into this category of Lord if we allow them to. You, you have fitness, nutrition, you've got money. That's a big, very common one that, uh, that comes to mind. There's work. We can elevate reputation like how others perceive us, how they view us, our family and friends, material possessions, and even our gifts and talents. Now, the interesting thing about this list is that everything I've just listed are all good things. (laughs) Well, arguably, maybe money can stir up some contention, but I think that's only because we've, money exposes uh, the greedy, selfish side of humans, which is a social justice rant for another time. (laughs) But 
other than that, um, everything else you could argue is, is a good thing. They're gifts from God. Uh, James chapter 1 verse 17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So all the things in that list can be considered good and perfect if viewed in the right uh, perspective. Now, the problem with good things is that we can enjoy them a little bit too much and forget their proper place, and we can elevate them a little bit too high or past what they should be. And herein lies the issue or the the answer to the question of what is an idol. Tim Keller, who I wish I had followed more closely before he passed on, um, but he, he was a great pastor, teacher of the word, and a theologian. And my, my work group you know, at work, my team did a book study on one of the books he wrote called Every Good Endeavor. And in this book, he describes idols as very simply good things that are made into ultimate things. Now, the focus, the premise of this book is God's design for work, his original design, how we jacked it up and consequently how we should work to restore that original design for work and how we can see that manifested in the present day. So it's a very good book and I highly recommend it, especially if you like checking out new things and uh, yeah, if you're interested in the study of work like I am. (laughs) But good things made into ultimate things and that definition to me was very profound because Typically, you know, we hear idol, 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 don't have any idols, don't create any idols. If you, especially growing up in church or just in the Christian community, and you're like, stay away from those, and you really tend to think of them as, or internalize them as these inherently evil things, but that's not really the case. (laughs) The reason why we're even tempted to make idols is because they are good things that appeal to us in multiple ways. And we, instead of just letting them be good things, we want them to be God, even if we won't come out and admit that. So we usually don't create idols on purpose. Rather, I would argue that maybe it's a consequence of trying to understand a supernatural God in a natural world. So what I mean by that is it doesn't take faith to worship an idol because we see it right in front of us. We see how much money we're making. We see the opportunities to work harder. We see our family, our friends, the people in our lives that are shaping us and inspiring us. We see the results of having proper fitness and nutrition. And because they're tangible and it's easy to, you know, to notice them, then it's only natural that we would start to, to gravitate towards those things for security, for comfort, for peace, stability. And it feels natural to make idols. So that's what our flesh wants. That's our earthly desires. What isn't natural to us uh, without the Holy Spirit is worshiping God and learning to depend on him for everything, looking to him as the ultimate source and the ultimate provider. This does not come naturally to us. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to come in and do a transformative work so that we start to appreciate and understand the necessity and the beauty of worshiping God alone. So then how do we know if we even have idols? <laughs> because maybe you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm doing pretty good. I I love Jesus. I go to church. I worship him and I'm devoted to him only, which very, very well might be. I mean, not everyone listening to this maybe is struggling with an idol or has identified one. But if you, you know, if you want to be sure, then got a little story for you. And this is in Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. 
if I can just get there in just a second. Oops, wrong chapter. But this chapter, this passage details the encounter that Jesus had with a rich young ruler. That's what the, uh, my, the heading in my Bible is Jesus counsels the rich young ruler. This is the New King James Version. So I'm going to read this, starting in verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Okay, great question. <laughs> what does Jesus have to say about this? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is, God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, going back to the young ruler, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, seems simple enough. <laughs> so far, so good. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The end. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the passage ends. Okay, so a lot to unpack there. Now, the original question I posed to y'all was, how do you know, or how do we know if we have idols? The young man, when he came up to Jesus, he probably didn't anticipate in the slightest that he would be asked to give up his possessions to sell everything he had and give to the poor. And you can, we read just now that as Jesus was talking to him, he outlined certain commandments that, okay, the, the man was listening. He was like, yeah, okay, check, check, check. Yep. I've done all those. I'm, I'm in good shape. So he seemed like he was in a good position to enter into, enter into eternal life and be a follower of Jesus. But then the kicker was at the end, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor. And the man didn't even try to pretend. He didn't even try to put on a face. He went away sad. <laughs> um, and he, he didn't want to do it, right? So if you were the man in the story, what would Jesus have to have said that would have made you walk away sad? And whatever that thing is, or those things... That's probably where your idols are. <laughs> now, I will amend this by saying that, I mean, obviously it's not easy to give up anything or to, when Jesus asks things of us, when, when God is demanding, you know, something from us, no, it's not always easy to just throw it down and be like, yes, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm ready. There, yeah, there's going to be some resistance, especially if you're, you know, very attached to it or if you, if it's become a big part of your life, but um, the ultimate goal, though, is that you're willing to lay down your possessions, your status, your wealth, whatever it is, to follow Jesus and to go to receive what he has for us, which is infinitely better than anything down here. But the young man didn't, he wasn't grasping that. He didn't, that's not how he viewed it. That's not the perspective that he had when Jesus asked or when Jesus told him that um, last piece of, um, that last piece of wisdom. So once we've identified our idols, we have to be willing to turn them over to God. And usually an idol, if we can identify an idol of some sort in our lives, that points to an area that we're not totally trusting God in. So an example is if we idolize money, 
like the man in the story did, (laughs) that usually that might indicate that we're not fully trusting that God is our provider. And this one hits close to home for me because lately I've found myself wrestling with that. Because bills can be a little bit tight sometimes, things are more expensive, prices are continuously going up, and it's easy to kind of grit your teeth or grit my teeth and just wonder, okay, God, I know you said you'd provide, but it's getting a little tight. So (laughs) that's an area that I need to, you know, continuously turn over to God. But money, of course, isn't the only idol. If you idolize your family or your friends, your relationships, then maybe that points to the fact that you don't trust God to be everything that you need relationally. You don't trust him to be there for you when you're feeling alone or when you're, you know, feeling feeling lonely, feeling alone, feeling isolated, right? And I could go down this whole list. Um, if you idolize your gifts and talents, then you probably aren't you know, trusting that God is, you know, you're not remembering that God is the one who supplied you with those in the first place and that he's the one that sustains you. So any idol that you can think of, it probably there's a deeper issue there of some lack of trust in God for for a particular thing. And of course, y'all know that I love music. So I have a song recommendation that fits, it's perfectly in line with this particular topic, but it's called Idols by Kirk Franklin. And it's on his album, Long Live Love, that came out in 2019. Yes, I've been following Kirk Franklin for several years. I grew up on his music, so I very much enjoy this song and and pretty much anything he puts out. But the song sums up this episode pretty well. And one line in particular I wanted to highlight for y'all. It says, now you must choose what I am to you, God of all or not God at all. So the song is sung from God's perspective in the first person. But yeah, it's we can't pick and choose the areas that we want God to have control over that we want to surrender to him, right? That's probably one of the biggest ways to keep us from growing in our walk with him and to in experiencing the fullness, you know, of his of his peace, of his of his joy, of his presence in general, right? So we got to be willing to identify those idols, turn them over to him, and turning them over would just look like God, you know, I, I feel like I really have a dependency on fill in the blank and ask for his help with that. Like help me to trust you in this area that I'm struggling in right now. And he will be faithful to do that for you. Might take a while, might have to go through some, you know, hard times or some some difficult lessons, but God is willing to, you know, do whatever it will take to help you uh, refocus your dependence on him. <laughs> right. So he's he's faithful to help us, but we also have to be willing to take that step and identify those idols and the things that are fighting for our attention and the position of Lord in our lives. So that brings things to a close here for this episode, but I thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Life at Peace podcast. I'm also on YouTube if you want to go watch the videos at any time. And I welcome any and all episode suggestions. Uh, but thank you guys again. I really enjoyed doing this and I'm, I'm glad to be able to share this, these, uh, this journey with you guys. But until next time, take care. Peace.